It's you. 
It is great, great, and wonderful to see each of you this morning. Thank you so much for joining us once again to come before the throne of grace and to come before our God. And uh, we expect great things to happen uh, during this hour. And uh, we just thank you for coming and supporting us. Uh, and be assured that we, uh, we think of you often and pray for you. And uh, it's just good when the body of Christ can come together on a Sunday morning and bring our praises and petitions all before him. A couple of things we need to know this morning. Uh, first of all, we had 
Um, someone passed away this past Wednesday, uh, Cheryl Howe's father, Roy Morrison. Uh, I know some of you know him. Uh, Cheryl and Larry, they typically sit near the front. Um, the funeral is actually tomorrow uh, for Roy. It's going to be up in Millersburg at the Hoover uh, Boyer Funeral uh, Center. Uh, at 11 o'clock, the viewing is from 10 to 11, and then we're coming down here for uh, the reception over in the fellowship hall. Um, so please keep Cheryl uh, and the family in your prayers. Don't forget also the community outreach opportunity. That's ours. Um, you'll see all the information there. A total of $150 to $200 is needed uh, in order to purchase the food. So please see Kim. Um, if you would, Kim Booker, if you would like to uh, donate food uh, toward, or donate money toward this cause, and then she will actually uh, buy the food. Uh, tonight, there will be prayer meeting, but at a different time, 5 o'clock, remember that, and the teens are having a Super Bowl, Super Bowl party at 6 o'clock, so remember that as well. The times are a little bit different. Also, there's a marriage conference that's coming up uh, very, sh uh, is that this Friday and Saturday? Wow, February 10th and 11th. Hard to imagine we're here in February already, already. Um, so please consider that. Um, there's a, a place to sign up over in the fellowship hall, uh, also on Facebook. Um, so if you are thinking of doing that, please make your reservations. Uh, on next Sunday morning, uh, Brian Wilbert is going to be here. Many of you know Brian, uh, one of our own, the son of Tim and Nancy. Uh, he emailed me of about a month or so ago and uh, said he was coming down from Alaska, and he offered uh, to preach. And uh, when we get someone like Brian with us, it's good to plug him in. So uh, Brian is coming from the uh, Glacier View Bible Church in Alaska. And so uh, he's going to be preaching next week, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see him and Nicole and their family once again. So uh, keep that in mind. And then there's a spaghetti dinner fundraiser coming up that the youth group are sponsoring, and all the donated monies uh, will go to the teens that are there that night, and then they can use that for future events uh, to help ease the cost of those events. So consider that as well. Now behind me is the choir, and they're going to uh, minister to us at this time.
you stand with me and take your hymn books, please. Turn to hymn number 470. Hymn number 470, Onward Christian Soldiers Marching as to War with the Cross of Jesus Going On Before. Christ, the Royal Master, he leads against the foe, forward into battle, see his banners go. Let's sing this together. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with a cross, Jesus, going on before. Christ the royal master, leads against the foe, forward into battle. See his banners go. Onward, Christian soldier, marching as to war. With the cross of Jesus going on before. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body we, one in hope, doctrine, one in charity. Onward, Christian souls, marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before crowns and thorns kingdoms rise and wane but the church of Jesus constant will remain gates of hell can never against that church prevail we have Christ's own promise and that cannot fail onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Onward then, ye people, join the happy throng. Blend with ours your set in the triumph song. Glory, Lord, and honor. Men and angels sing. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. With the cross of Jesus going on before. 
Thank you. You may be seated. And uh, we do want to pray, as I mentioned, for the um, uh, Roy Morrison family. Uh, it's good to see Ivan Bechtel with us this morning. He had uh, rotator cuff surgery uh, this past week, hoping to get to work uh, tomorrow and uh, use that right hand to move that little mouse. Uh, pray that he's able to do that. Um, and Dorothy Alibo, keep her in prayer, as well as Sarah Markle, both who have come through uh, surgeries, knee surgery and hip surgery, but both are home uh, this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we come before your throne once again, thanking you and praising you and very grateful for all the great and wonderful things you've done on our behalf. We thank you, Father, that you have saved us by grace, that, Father, according to your mercy, uh, you have saved us and given us righteousness, not of works, lest any man should boast, nothing we have done to earn a home in heaven, uh, nothing we could say or do could ever bring us to that place of a relationship with you. But by grace, Lord, you have saved us through faith. And so we trust this morning that each one here within the walls of this sanctuary have put their trust in you and know without doubt that they're on their way to a home in heaven because of a relationship that they have now with you through our mediator Christ Jesus and his finished work on the cross. Father, we thank you for the great love that you have shown us on Calvary's hill. For you, Father, you have demonstrated that love, not when we were good, not when we were righteous, but while we were sinners, the Bible says Christ died for us. And so for that perfect and completed plan of salvation, Father, we thank you. Father, we do lift before you uh, Cheryl Howe and uh, others, Lord, who are part of the Morrison family. Uh, we ask, Lord, for great comfort uh, to rest upon each of these who have now lost this, this loved one. We thank you, Lord, for the recovery of, recovery of Ivan, that he's able to be here this morning. We do pray that uh, this week, uh, being back at work, uh, that you would give him strength to be able to do all that he needs to do. Uh, Father, we know that both Dorothea and Sarah have had glitches, and the recovery is not as quick as what we would have expected and yet Lord they are on the road to recovery and so we thank you for that and pray that very soon uh, they would re be able to return to us uh, Lord we always miss those who can't be with us uh, those Lord who uh, come and attend uh, we miss their fellowship and so we pray that very soon uh, that you would allow them to be here Father, for others on this list, we pray. Uh, we know, Lord, there are many who are going through some struggles and uh, emotional issues and physical problems, all of these things. And so, Lord, we lift each one to you. Father, we're to be thankful in all things, for this is the will of God. And even though, Lord, yes, it is hard to be thankful for some of the problems and issues that we know are present. 
And yet, Lord, we know that you are a great and wonderful and a sovereign God. And Lord, you're able to do above and beyond what we could ask or think. And so we come before your presence. We come into your throne of grace, just asking that you do what you said you would do and go beyond what we could imagine could happen today. Again, we thank you for who you are. You're a mighty, mighty, mighty God. Father, we've come to worship you. I pray that you would help us. Help us, Lord, to keep the struggles outside and the distractions. We pray that you would not allow for the evil one to distract us from what you are planning to do in our hearts this morning. Again, we thank you for bringing us together. Father, we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And as that body, Father, we've come to see Jesus. And we pray these things in his name. Amen.
to be a sanctuary and pure and holy and tried and true with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary So, uh, new year, uh, new conference, new topics. Well, I guess the, the umbrella topic is the same. We want to talk about marriage and really God's plan and hope for marriage and really the, the joy and beauty marriage can be in, in God's good design. And so uh, we, we, we thought there was such great fruit that came from last year that, that we should do it one more year. And, and so we, we, we took the feedback uh, that we received from the first Mingling of Souls Marriage Conference. There were some questions that that we were um, really was sent in after the conference. And so um, felt like there were some places that we could address certain things uh, more fully. And then um, we, I wanted to um, incorporate Lauren a bit more into the event this year. And so um, not only will the sessions be different, um, but also Lauren's gonna come and, and lead worship for us uh, in Houston. And so really excited about that. And, you want to share a little bit about your heart participating in the ways you'll participate this year? Yeah, I'm really excited to get to be a little bit more integral part, even though, you know, you're talking about our marriage a lot mm -hmm. of times um, in the conference and I get to do the Q&A, but to, to bring something that I'm really passionate about, uh, especially to set the tone for the night and for the weekend, um, that really a healthy marriage uh, starts at uh, with Jesus. It yeah. starts with a thriving relationship with Him, and one way we interact with the Lord is through um, worship, through singing about Him, thinking about Him, um, talking to Him, and listening to what He might have to say to us. So that's where I wanted to start, because that's where it all started. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. All right. Well, I want to encourage you to come out to the Mingling of Souls Marriage Conference. I went through it last year. It was awesome. It really was. Um, definitely worth... Am I on? There we go. Um, definitely worth your time. Uh, whether you are newlywed or you've been married for a while, um, every marriage uh, can always use someone to speak life into it. Um, I actually I heard a story. There was a, a couple who had been married for 60 years, and they had no secrets except for one. And it was a shoebox that the wife had in her closet. And she made her husband promise that he was never, ever going to look in this shoebox. And so he didn't. But as time passed on, eventually she was on her deathbed. And with her blessing, he opened the box. And this is what he found. He found a crocheted doll 
and $95,000 in cash. 95,000. I read this story, I went and checked my wife's closet. <laughs> um, never know. Um, so he finds this, this crochet doll and a shoebox with 95,000, or uh, the, sh the shoebox with the crochet doll and $95,000 worth of cash. And so he kind of goes up to her and he's like, what, what's going on here? And she said, well, my mom said that the secret to a happy marriage is to never argue, and when I'm upset with you, to crochet a doll. And, and he kind of feels really good because there's only one doll in the box. And he says, well, <laughs> well that means that you've only been married, you've only been upset with me once. So what's the $95,000 for? She said, oh, that's all the dolls I sold. You know? <laughs> and you know, no, no marriage is perfect, whether you've been married for just one year or you've been married for a long time. Everybody can use someone to speak life into your marriage. And uh, this was a phenomenal time last year. I'm really excited about what they're going to be doing this year. Um, these are the times. We are going to have it over here at the church, um, 7 to 10 and 9 to 12. Um, there's a sign-up sheet in the fellowship hall. We need to know if you're coming just so we have enough refreshments um, to be able to offer, as well as um, you can also sign up on Facebook. <laughs> what is something that we all have in common today? And you think we're, we're gathered together in a church, well, we're the family of God, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, but there's something special about today, that we all have something in common. Today, we are all Falcons fans. We are all Falcons fans, right? Today is a huge day. It is. The Super Bowl, right? That is a staple in our culture. It, it is, it's, it's a huge, huge deal. Um, I was actually reading where somebody was comparing it to Thanksgiving, to the way that people gather together. They look forward to it. They plan parties. They plan events. We were at Walmart yesterday, Sarah and I, and they had extra lines open because they know that there are tons of people that come out to buy stuff for the Super Bowl. And the players, you know, as we are here this morning, they are already mentally preparing for this game that many people consider to be the biggest day of their lives. Some of them are never, ever again going to be in front of 115 million people on TV. <laughs> and they have to begin to prepare mentally. And if you, you listen to football players talk about going into a game, they often describe it as going into battle. I'm going into battle with my brothers. And you know, as, as Christians, we are also in a battle. It's a different kind of battle. And thank the Lord that we know the outcome of the battle, where they don't. But we are also in a battle. And just like the football players, and when they go out, they have to put on all of their pads and their helmet and their cleats, we also have to put on our armor on a regular basis for our battle. We have to gear up. They're about to take the field without knowing who will win or lose. And we know the winner of our battle, but we don't know where the next attack from the enemy is coming from. We don't know when the enemy will attack next. But we do know that victory is found in Jesus Christ alone. Would you open your Bibles with me this morning to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to read through verses 10 to 20, and then we're going to come back and... And look at these here together. 
Verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let's go back to verse 10. We're going to read 10 to 13 and then we'll start to look into it here. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are involved in a spiritual war. One that oftentimes goes unseen, and sometimes it even goes unnoticed. But see, God has equipped us as believers with what we need to be able to stand against the devil's schemes. I think we underestimate the devil a lot. And, and it's interesting that in Ephesians 6, it talks about the devil's schemes. That means that the devil is planning on how he's going to attack you. It's not just random chance that you are tempted in a certain way. It's not just random chance that these things are happening to you. We are in a spiritual war. It's real. You might not be able to see it all the time, but it's going on. And maybe some of you are in the middle of a battle right now in your own lives. I know Sarah and I went through something this past month that just felt like a spiritual attack in our lives. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. And we have to understand something, that the devil, he's not very stupid. And he knows where your Achilles heel is. He knows your weakest point. See, when, arm, when, when soldiers go to battle, they do not go to war only wearing a helmet. That leaves other places vulnerable. They don't only go wearing a belt or carrying a shield. They go fully prepared. There's a couple reasons why in the NFL you're not able to play without a helmet on. And Paul is saying you must put on the full armor of God, not part of the armor. You know, listen, today I, you think that you're probably going to go and tell someone about Jesus, so put on 
the, the, the shoes to be able to go and tell people, the gospel, carry the gospel of peace. But don't worry about your shield. You don't have to worry about that today. It's not what he's saying. It's the full armor of God. It's a daily basis. This battle is a daily battle. And it will go on until the Lord says so. But see, Satan knows what temptations you might fall for. He knows how to confuse you. He knows how to discourage you. He tries to destroy you. You better believe that he knows your weakest point and he's aiming for it. Verse 14. We're going to look at each of the pieces of armor quickly. This is each of these pieces of armor is a sermon in themselves. Um, but I, I didn't think you'd want to stay until the Super Bowl, so we're going to go a little bit quicker through each of them. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The first piece of armor, the belt of truth. We are to be people of truth, right? The Bible talks a lot about being honest, being truthful. But we are not only to be people of truth, but we are to be people of the truth. We are to carry the truth of God's word with us everywhere we go. See, the world doesn't put any value on truth anymore. It really doesn't. It puts value on headlines or financial gain. It puts value on if it benefits you on gossip. I mean, we are surrounded by headlines of lies. I'm sure you guys have seen the fake news stuff that is all over, and everybody jokes about it. Oh, that's fake news. Well, that's because there are people, and it doesn't, I'm not, this is not a political statement at all, but there are people that lie in this world. There are. The other, the other headline was alternative facts, right? That's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. We, as Christians, are to be people of truth and people of the truth. We are to carry the truth of God's word with us everywhere we go. So that when Satan attacks you, and we'll look at this a little bit later when we touch on the sword of the Spirit, but when Satan attacks you, you know the truth of God's word. You know what is right and what is wrong. You know what is from God and what is not from God. The second piece of armor is the breastplate of righteousness, also found in verse 14. It's very important that as Christians, we know our position in Christ. Because Satan loves to attack us and try and tear us down, but we have to understand who we are in Christ. All believers are clothed with the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Somebody once said this, When a man is clothed in practical righteousness, he is impregnable. Words are no defense against accusation, but a good life is. I believe there are two parts to this. First of all, we have to know who we are positionally in Jesus Christ. If you've accepted the Lord as your Savior, you are righteous with God. You are clothed by the blood of the Lamb and made righteous in God's sight. The second part of it is that we need to live righteous lives. The Bible talks about that, about the way that we conduct ourselves as believers. 
working on being righteous. And, I, and I'm not talking about legalism today. I am talking about making sure that we are striving to the best of our ability to live like Christ. We're never going to reach it. We're human. But we should be striving for it. To live above, above reproach, as the Bible talks about. But let me be honest with you, there are times when we don't feel like doing that. And that's why this is a daily thing. Because as Christians, people are watching us. If you proclaim the name of Jesus, people are watching you and are saying, oh, okay, that, that person's a Christian. How are they acting? We had a, an interesting time. Uh, we went over to, to Isaiah 61. Last, it was last week, right? Was that last week? Um, last week, and I remember what April said as they went to serve. Um, she said that one of the things that started everything for her was she went to serve one of the homeless people, and she came back and came back, and he said to her, I think it was a he, he or she said to her, I thought you were one of those Christians that just came to make yourself feel good and never came back. We are to live righteous lives to the best of our ability. It doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean we're not going to fall. It doesn't mean we're not going to falter. But it means that we do, we repent, we get up, and we move forward. The next piece of armor, verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Are you ready to go wherever God sends you? I, I've heard... Uh, you know, growing up in the mission field, I've, I've heard people say before, I'm willing to go to Africa for the Lord. I'm willing to go to Australia. That's great. That's great. But here's the first question. Are you willing to walk to the copy machine at work if the Lord's laying on your heart to witness to someone there? Starts with small steps, guys. Why do we have to make sure that our feet are fitted with readiness? Because when you are going to share the gospel with someone, you are going into enemy territory. Let's not forget, this is a war. You're going into enemy territory. Are you ready to go and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those who need it? Because there's a news flash, and this is not fake news or alternative news. This is real news, that there are people dying every day who have not heard about Jesus Christ. And what if one of those people is your coworker? Or a classmate? Are you willing to share the gospel of Christ with them? Verse 16. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Faith is such an important thing in our lives. It really is. Um, and maybe you found yourselves at points of your lives where you say, I, I don't really feel like I have much faith right now. As I was thinking about the shield and, and what a shield accomplishes, if you've ever watched a, a movie or, or anything and you see someone hold up a shield and you watch a whole bunch of arrows shot into that shield, um, the shield stops them. It stops them. Satan is always looking for different ways to attack us. And here in verse 16, it is talked about as flaming arrows. Flaming arrows. And, when the, and the thing with arrows is you don't really know where they're coming from. 
They could come from over here or over here, or even while they're in the air, they could change direction. We are called to make sure that you have your shield of faith to protect you, to extinguish not some, not many, not most, but all of the arrows of the evil one. This is all about keeping our eyes on Jesus, about trusting that he is who he says he is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Our shield is faith. And Satan knows how to discourage you. We talked about this in the beginning, how, how he will aims for your weakest points. He knows where you struggle. But we're, we're not called to just let that happen. We're called to pick up the shield of faith and to protect us from that. It can extinguish all the arrows of the evil one. And it starts with faith. And trusting that God is who he says he is. That he's going to do what he says he's going to do. That he's never going to leave you, even when it seems like you are in the deepest, darkest valley of your life. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same God that said that he will never leave us or forsake us is the same God today. That as you go through your valleys of life, as you go through your discouragement, and as you feel like the enemy is attacking you, he is right there. He is right beside you. And he's not going to leave you. I think at times all of our faith wavers. I think there are days when we all struggle. But it's so important that we keep our eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. That's what it's all about. That we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. The next two pieces are the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. I'm going to touch on the helmet of salvation and we're going to move to the sword of the Spirit. Helmet of salvation, as Christians we can rest in the fact that we know who wins. We can rest in the fact that we know who delivers. We can rest in the fact that we know that we know the outcome. We know the end of the story. And while you're going through your tribulations and while you're going through your trials, because there will be tribulations and trials, just because you're carrying your armor does not mean you're not going to go through tough times. We can rest in the fact that we know who saves. That we know that victory alone is through Jesus Christ. The last piece of armor is the sword of the Spirit. And a classic illustration is where Jesus uses the verses that the Holy Spirit um, gives him when confronted by Satan and temptation. But we have to know the Word of God if we are going to use it. I think sometimes we just wish that, like our computers, we could download the Bible into our minds and we would know it all. But, but that's not what God wanted for us. God wanted us to be intentional about taking time to be with him. And this is such an important part of the armor. Because it's with the word of God that you can overcome temptation. 
But here's, here's the problem is that sometimes as Christians, we don't study the word of God. And, and temptation comes and we hold up our little dagger. I know John 3.16. <laughs> I know it. But, but, but I don't really know how to confront this situation here because I, I haven't been talking to God. The sword of the Spirit is such a powerful thing. It's not supposed to be a little dagger. It's supposed to be a sword. It's supposed to be something that when you look at, it is intimidating because of the power that it wields. And yes, I was excited about bringing my sword to church. <laughs> I was. I collect swords, so this was, this was exciting. But we have to be sure. We have to be intentional and deliberate about growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ, about committing his word to our hearts, meditating on it day and night. We are the most spoiled generation to ever exist when it comes to biblical things. Yet I think we make more excuses than any generation before us. You have the Bible in so many different translations. You can download the Bible onto your phone and listen to it. You can listen to it on your computer. You can put it as an audio book. You can buy each individual book of the Bible separately. You can buy commentaries. You can buy different things to study. You can buy Christian books. You can buy Christian music. You can buy Christian movies. And not only can you buy Christian books and Christian music, you can buy rock Christian, gospel Christian, country Christian, pop Christian. And you can buy all different types of books. What are you going through right now? I bet there's a book for it. But no book is equal to the Bible. But we make more excuses about using the word of God than anyone else. It's time to stop making excuses. And it's time to gear up. God has given us this so that we can fight this spiritual battle. And it's time that we do. It was going to happen. <laughs> it was going to happen. I encourage you, I encourage you, and I challenge you, and I beg you to not let the Bible sit on your nightstand collecting dust. Don't expect to beat temptation if you're not trying to grow in your walk with God, if you're not committing yourself to the Lord. Don't expect to be able to beat the flaming arrows of the enemy if you're not intentional and deliberate about growing in your walk with God. The Bible is very clear that we are to pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we see Jesus use that to defeat temptation. David Watson said this, that it was with repeated sword thrusts that Jesus overcame his adversary in the wilderness. Repeated sword thrusts that Jesus overcame his adversary in the wilderness. And it's the same with us. The last point this morning is as soldiers, we have a cause. And it's important for us to remember that as we have our armor and we put the armor on on a daily basis, why are you putting your armor on? Well, it's, it's not for you. 
And Paul explains this in verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul's in jail. He doesn't ask them to pray that he gets out of jail. (laughs) He doesn't ask that they make him healthy. He doesn't ask that they fix his situation. He says, pray for me that I may declare the gospel fearlessly. Paul's cause was Christ. And our cause, the reason we march, the reason we put on our armor is the cause of Christ. It's the cause of spreading the gospel. And it's all for Jesus. And we have a short song that we're going to show.
It is not fame that I desire No stature in my brother's eye I pray it's said about my life That I live more to build your name than mine And as we are in our spiritual battle together, may that be our cause. That's not about us. Never was, never will be. But it's about him. I encourage you to take time and process some of this. Maybe even read Ephesians 6 when you go home. And look at what the armor of God is and say, well, I'm really struggling right now with the helmet of salvation. I'm really struggling right now with the sword of the Spirit. And commit that to the Lord and say, God, I need your help. Please help me with that. Let's pray together. Gracious Lord, we are so thankful for who you are and how you love us. God, we know that we are not perfect, but we thank you that you are. We know that we are sinners, and we are so thankful that you loved us enough to send your only son to die for us. Lord, we can't even begin to comprehend that love. Father, we realize that we're in a battle, and a battle that we cannot win alone. We can only win, we can only overcome temptation through you and through your power. And Lord, we ask that you give us that power. Father, help us to realize that we have the Holy Spirit living in us. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. Father, may we declare your name righteously. Father, may everything that we say and do bring honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us as we sing the last song this morning? Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He is loose the faithful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. In the watchfires of a hundred circling camps They have builded him an altar in the evening doing dance I can read the righteous sentence by the dim and flaring lamps His day is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah His truth is marching on. He has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat. He 
is lifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift in my soul to answer him, be jubilant my feet, while God is marching. Glory, 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 hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, this truth is The beauty of the lilies Christ was born across the sea With the glory in his bosom That transfigures you and me As he died to make men holy Let us live to make men free While God is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory Glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, his truth is marching on. Father, we ask that as you send us out, Father, into the world that is lost, that you would help us to shine brightly for you. Father, may we be that light on top of a hill. Now, Lord, we ask for traveling mercies for everyone driving home today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.